When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, that's pretty good slash bad slash holy moly. I can't believe that that game went like that. This team is almost incapable of winning games that aren't insanity. Uh, 111 to 107, they beat the Wizards, who were on the second night of a back-to-back, and the Raptors did so, closing on a 22-1 to run. The Raptors held a lead at 7-6, and then they held a lead at 107 to 106 there was 100 points in between their leads they won the fourth quarter by 14 points it was absolute insanity of course we can kind of obsess over the fact that the wizards were having their way with the raptors we can focus on the bad stuff and let's quickly get that out there the wizards are not a good team the wizards are on the second night of a back-to-back this is a wizards team that will be in the running for the first round pick but a win is a win is a win is a win. When I like, I don't think the Spurs are super good this year, and the Raptors came back against them after having just an absolutely dismal, you know, first half. Found their way back into it. Huge comeback. This is effectively the same thing. That win against the Wizards, led by Pascal Siakam's brilliance. The win against the Spurs, led by Scotty Barnes' brilliance. The the two wing players now through. The Raptors are 10 games in. They've each stolen one game apiece. And this one, man, very impressive. You can't start anywhere besides Pascal. I was kind of confused at the Raptors' offensive approach as far as how they were trying to get baskets in the first half. And especially since this is a team, they play Tyus Jones, they play uh, Jordan Poole, and they play Kyle Kuzma. And even if you maybe you consider like Denny Avdihar or Bilal Koulibaly, none of those guys are fit to guard Pascal Siakam, especially when you consider Tyus and Jordan Poole and the fact that the Raptors can go to these small pick and rolls where they, you know, you get the switch, you target a post up. That's when the Raptors kind of turn things around, really leaning into Pascal's offense, identifying those mismatches. Obviously, by the end of the game, he's a plus 18. He won except for that opening stretch, he won every single stretch of basketball he played with bad lineups, with good lineups. It was just get Pascal the ball, let him find his way to a bucket. 39 points, 7 assists, 11 rebounds, 6 turnovers, a couple of them really bad, but obviously to get to 39, 7, and 11, and 3 steals to boot as well, uh, and and did so on 62% shooting. You don't turn your nose up at anything. You just have to accept the extremely efficient offense that's being provided by Pascal Siakam. And eventually, the Raptors got to it. And that culminated in that small pick and roll. They did a flip play 
little 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 toss to Pascal at the end. He got the pool switch, jump stop in the lane, got him to bite too hard, hit a little shot. Front rim, shooters bounce, falls in. This team just won a game where they shot four of twenty-one from downtown. The whole time I was thinking like the Raptors are kind of finding their way offensively. They're kind of getting into some looks in the second half. Maybe there's something here, but they're not going to win this game unless they can buckle up on the defensive side. And when we're thinking about a team that needs to provide, you know, at least a modicum of defense, it should be easiest to perform that against a team like the Wizards. From the Wizards side of things, we have our, our Washington delegate, Baker. I mean, man, you had it. For a long time, you had it, man. But it came around. It just walked me through from the the Washington point of view. What was that? What was that like? Twenty two to one. You guys couldn't throw a single bucket down the stretch. Even that one. That's a free throw. That's that. That was that was probably the worst stretch of hoops I've ever seen in my basketball watching life. Like, I I'm I'm still stunned. Um, all I could really do is laugh in, in the end. But um, just um insane insane offense that they were running just a bunch of just a lot of, I, of unnecessary isos the raptors pressure when the raptors up the the ball pressure in the third quarter it really like overwhelmed them and it really just discombobulated the flow of the offense and you know it was just never the same as it was in the first half up on the third quarter even when they when the, when they upped the pressure i thought they did a good enough job stabilizing a lot of the Raptor runs, but, you know, once the fourth quarter started, like, and they got the lead down to 10 and then to eight, and then I'm just, I'm sitting there saying, like, yeah, this is done. And even in our chat, like, even when they went up by 19 at the half, I, I, I legit for, (laughs) I had, I had a, I had a vision of foreshadowing because I've seen this in multiple games this season. Like, I will not be shocked if they found a way to, to, to bottle this. And, you know, sure enough, you know they did. They they found a way. Your pessimism um, paid off. You're you're did, an oracle now. I am. <laughs> what did, what did you think of? Because it seemed like the Raptors process. Both teams went to the same offensive process down the stretch. It's just that Pascal is getting these huge wins by getting the mismatches. And even when the Wizards they didn't find a mismatch, he just took his primary and got buckets down the stretch. We saw Scotty score the pick and roll down the stretch as well. But the Raptors are finding a mismatch, scoring in the post or in isolation. The Wizards are running the same like wing initiated pick and roll. You know, the Raptors switched that openly, like Pascal was playing deny defense for like eight straight possessions on Jordan Poole and did it really well. What did you make of the difference? Like same approach, a twenty-two to one run, literally polar opposite outcomes there. Is it was just um, I, I thought I thought benching Gafford. Nuts from the it Nuts. was insane, insane to me, like absolutely insane. Like, I know, um, I know Kuz scored like a hell of a lot of points 34, but Gafford has in the minutes he, he played, he might have been their best player. He opened up so much stuff in the pick and roll today, this whole game. Like, if he, like, he was you know, screened for Tyus, you know, he's finding open guys, Kuz attacking every attacking Jakob every time he, he comes around the screen, like. He was and he was everywhere on defense today, like blocking shots, challenging sh- stuff at the rim. Yep. Like it was insane to me to not like at least give him a look in the fourth quarter. He he sat the whole fourth quarter. Like 
it, it made no sense to me. I thought Wes was very bad in the fourth quarter today. Um, he had some he had some opportunities to use a challenge and he just didn't use it. Um, and you know, benching Gafford the whole game to run the small lineup, which has like it still doesn't make any sense because even yesterday in Brooklyn, like you're running the small lineup against like, Nick Claxton who came back and he's like skying every time for offensive rebounds and he's just he's just so much taller than everybody so. I think, like, and also, like, with with the Raptors, like, they were able to just, like, run everything through Pascal, like, just attack mismatches, attack anybody that's smaller, even even against, like, um, even he had a, a few possessions on Bilal, even a few possessions on Denny. In the end, they, they hunted Jordan Poole, which is expected because he's not, he's the worst defender on the floor. Yep. But um, I just thought, like, you know, yeah, they did a good job just getting shots to their best player. And you know the Wizards, they just stalled. Um, I give credit to Toronto. They they upped the pressure. They finally started carrying a lot more than they did in the first half. And you know it just like it just it it was it was a tough game. <laughs> but uh, credit to them. You know P P had a great second half. You know incredible third quarter. Just straight bully ball. Yeah. Um, on the nail, and you know just either drawing fouls or getting two points, and you know. And the Wizards are just struggling to get baskets on the other end. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my, my take on it. Yeah. So a few things are, through 10 games, a trend has developed. Uh, the Raptors, as far as, like, isolation, pick and roll, handoffs, um, their best offense so far through the season has been post-ups, which is probably what a lot of people would have thought coming into the season, given the players on the roster. And something that they went away from, especially early in the season, even though it's still early, uh, to try and do some more motion-based stuff. Teams were kind of cramping the paint and making sure that there's nothing going on in there, but the Raptors are still finding pretty good offense in the post. There's a unique thing where Pascal and Scotty are both quite good in the post. Teams have to load up. They've scored well when teams double. They've scored well when teams leave them in, you know, the just straight-up man coverage in the post, and they've scored well against shaded defense. We're looking at two guys who have helped guide these Raptors offense going forward. And there's an interesting dichotomy where we see Pascal has a correlation with Scotty taking more shots at the rim. And when Pascal's off the floor, Scotty takes more threes. And I'm wondering what you thought about, because Scotty, who has been the Raptors best player to start the season, I don't want anybody arguing or being angry about that or anything. It's, it's but, slowly starting to flip. But, it's, starting, it's slowly starting to flip now. But, but Scotty, <laughs> had a really tough run trying to carry a bench lineup that was, man, who they have out there? Precious, Jalen McDaniels, Chris Boucher, and yes. maybe maybe Otto? I can't remember who was in that lineup. Yeah. But what did you think about Scotty's minutes without Pascal today where it was kind of like, see if you can carry kind of this lump sum of bench guys? They, 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 I think they set him up very badly today. Um, that, those bench lineups were a big reason of why the Wizards were able to stretch the leads. Yeah. Um. You know, just no create, just no like offensive, you know, punch out of any of the guys he's playing with, and you know, a lot of even on his drives, you know, they crowded the paint a lot, and they basically said like, if Jalen McDaniels, you want you want to take a three, go ahead, we're not gonna care. Um, Otto Porter sometimes, you know, like we're not gonna like we're not gonna care that much, and you know, I thought Precious for three quarters played a very rough, was very rough. And um, so, honestly, I thought like 
you know, him with the bench was very bad. I thought, like, maybe you could have done a little bit. You could have maybe threw in some Grady minutes, who, who, who was really good today. Um, but uh, I think, like, him with the bench lineup, I don't think he's I don't think he's that good enough to just carry a unit that's that inept yet. Um, but um, I, I still saw some good things for him today, today. just um, getting to the mid-range instead of just settling for, like, you know, these these threes. Um, and also he had some good post touches, you know, late, late in the game. So, um, so I thought he, he played an overall good game, but I don't think like him with this bench unit is going to like lead to much success because I don't think he's, I don't think he, his talent can overcome like how inept the bench is because like they were very bad today. I, I thought Chris Boucher today was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as silver linings go, um, but, uh, yeah, like that 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 unit in particular, like they struggled mightily today. So it it was really um, tough. They yeah. the big thing with that is that the Raptors coming into this game, a lot of Scotty's bump in points, especially he was you know for example he's scoring like twenty six twenty seven percent of his overall points in transition, where last year that was eighteen percent. He's coming into this game shooting 35% from three instead of 29%. And and what continued through this game is that he's shooting almost 70% on his mid-range pull-ups. So his his bump in points has been a result of better jump shooting and more transition. As far as like getting downhill, getting into the paint, the Raptors spacing doesn't help Scotty at all. And he's not going to like rip guys up at the point of attack from a standstill. It's about like getting in motion, being able to play with advantage, all that kind of stuff. And that's why Scotty... You know, when you look at the lineups, the same as any other player is a guy who does really well when he plays with other players who can create an advantage. And we're seeing that, man, obviously he misses OG a bunch. Obviously, you know, the minutes without Siakam are tough if OG isn't out there as well. And at the end of it all, like it was a rough Scotty game for quite a while. And still at the end of the game, you feel really good about Scotty being out there. Like he, he finished with nine board or sorry, nine boards, right? He helps clean up defensive possessions. He gets like a healthy, he had five steals in this game, man. Like this is his first game without a block. Who cares? Five steals. He finishes with 19 points on 17, like uh, on 17 shots. This is not efficient. This is not his best game, but he's still, even though he's being put in tough positions, able to, my God, get into games where you look at the outcome. He finds a way game after game. And I know, like I saw comments, people are, um, a little pressed about like, well, why isn't Scotty doing this? Why isn't Scotty doing that? Scotty has to figure it out when the jumper isn't falling. This game, yeah. the jumper wasn't falling. They're playing a Wizards team that was playing awesome, awesome defense, especially with Gafford at the center of it. That relented. Scotty found his way into the paint late, did a good job of that. And honestly, Scotty, understanding he wasn't able to create a bunch of advantages for his teammates, didn't push. The advantage in this game was with Pascal Siakam. So they went there. And man, just really impressed with, it wasn't his best game, but he kind of fell into the background, observed, found his moments, had that huge bucket late, got involved defensively late. And man, pretty, pretty happy with, with Scotty. Pascal was obviously the biggest motivator for this win. If you have 39, 11 and seven, three steals himself, obviously that's going to be the case. Uh, what did you think of Jakob Pertl? The guy who is at the center of a lot of the Raptors' offensive discussions, I should say. Man, um, I thought okay. Before I get to the bad stuff, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to give him some 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 peace. Um, I thought like I thought like there was even in the Boston game the other day, 
Um, they were fe- they were featuring him early, you know, getting him into like pick and rolls. Um, you know. Oh like, God, yeah. Yeah, no, like I- I'm talking about on offense. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they're feeding him early. Um, he got a few shots go off, like you know, bumped to Gafford, you know, got got some good shots up in the paint. But man, these last couple of games, man, they've teams have attacked him in pick and roll like constantly, and you you saw it today. Whether it was Kyle Kuzma turning the corner and like getting getting into his chest and finishing, or Daniel Gafford catching the ball down low, giving him a shoulder bump, you know, a little pivot, and then you know just finishing over him, and you know it was rough for most most of that game. Like you know, guys are just like unafraid of his like presence inside, and so you know it's tough. You know they've especially since you know the Wizards aren't 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 Boston, you know, in terms of offense. Certainly but, not. <laughs> certainly not. But, uh, yeah, it's been a rough couple of games. And, you know, he basically sat, like, the rest of the game, you know, from, like, third quarter on. Um, so I think um, maybe maybe he, he steps it up. I think maybe he, he should get a little bit, like, dr- a little bit more, like, depth in his drop. I think he's getting a little too high. Yep. And it's allowing penetration, allowing guys to just turn the corner on him. And just get a step and like finish finish, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's been tough for him. Uh, they definitely didn't really need him much to 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 complete that comeback. But uh, you definitely want to see some more good things from him, especially like you know protecting the paint, um, because this is back to back games where he's been outplayed by the by the other teams big. So um, yeah, that's my two cents. But yeah. uh, we have you know, a- I think. I, yeah, go ahead. We, we have someone in chat who asks if uh, Jakob has been a positive impact player this season. Marginally, but after this game, this will be the first time in Jakob's Raptors, like second Raptors stint, that Jakob will be a negative on the floor. He was a massive, massive positive last year, obviously. Like one of one of the heaviest swings in the NBA. The Raptors were 14 points hundred possessions better with Jakob on the floor. That's obviously insane. Their offense was much better. They ran a lot of pick and wolf between Fred and Yak. They got a lot of good offense out of that. Um, just for reference, like Fred and Yak pick and roll was more efficient than Dennis and Anthony Davis. This was something people talked about preseason. And the Raptors defense last season was 10 points better with Jakob on the floor. This season, the defense is marginally better and the offense is a good bit worse. And again, the Raptors find a win late where Jakob isn't on the court. This isn't something to like obsess about and super worry about because a lot of teams do close without their big and you do need a big man to just munch and crush minutes on the way to the finish. And the Raptors went to Precious. Why? Because Precious could switch. So they didn't have to worry about sticking guys at the point of attack or skirting around screens. They're like, well, Pascal's being put in the pick and roll. He plays the night defense on pool, does a really good job of it. Scotty gets switched out on a couple of times. Precious gets switched out on. And what happens? They score one point in like eight minutes. That's that's the that's the game, man. So credit to Darko for going to something that has so far this season been pretty good, closing without Jakob. And obviously with Jakob being a guy who's under contract, supposedly a big part of the team going forward, you hope that they put him, as you said, maybe a bit lower in these drop. Like he's playing up to touch sometimes. That's especially with guards like Tyus Jones or Jordan Poole, you're just way too high. And we saw it when Jordan Poole in that, you know, it's the famous quote from Darko, three words, OG and Anobi, what was Poole, like one of 15 from the floor? Well, OG's not here today. 
he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna play ice defense and keep Jordan on one side of the floor. Like Jordan is slinking and sliding everywhere. So is Tyus. So is Kuzma. And so the Raptors they weren't able to help Jakob out a ton, and he certainly didn't help out a ton of other people a ton. It, it was a tough yeah. game for him. There's been a few of those. I do wonder. I know maybe we talk after the Celtics game as well because <laughs> that the way that the Celtics decided to guard Jakob was a massive, massive problem. Man, Porzingis under the rim, man. That was, think? that was pretty crazy. I remember last yeah. season, and I'm sure you remember it too, just so everybody knows, Baker's a good friend of mine. He watches a lot of Raptors, so we get a bit more insight from a Washington guy than usual. Um, we saw Scotty last season, I'm sure you remember, where he was, Miles Turner was playing like, Maybe at the hash oh marks. Prevent. Playing prevent defense. Exactly. <laughs> but it, Porzingis was even lower than that. And I didn't yeah. I didn't think you could go lower than that. Yeah. Even with he got caught I think in the beginning of the game he got called for defense three seconds. Like, just sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there. So yeah. It's yeah, it's tough. Um as far as like making because this is what people wanna know about, and this is what people argue about, obviously. Like the after every loss, if I go to the comments, um, people say it's Pascal's fault. When they win and Scotty doesn't score as much as people want, everyone's worried about Scotty's development, all that kind of stuff. Does he get the ball enough? <laughs> when when you watch a game like this, how do you feel about Scotty's role? Do you think he got the ball enough? Do you think that the Raptors just aren't putting the right guys around him? What is your stance on that? I thought he got enough touches today. Um, to be honest, I thought especially early, you know, it was he tried to initiate a lot of advantages and they just weren't happening that much um you know it was like a lot of just you know coming off the screen you know if the defender's dropping i'm just gonna pull up for a midi or like you know try to see like if i can fit this pass through or like you know try to attack this ba attack the basket so i thought early he tried to just get what he what he tried and you know it wasn't it wasn't going for him and you know the second half you know it was just like pascal saying like i'm just gonna attack any matchup that I can score on and you know it was working you know he scores like he scored like I think 12 in the in the I think he scored 22 in the third yeah. quarter and you know then you know the the game plan was basically set until then like you just feed him and just like you know if the defense like if the defense shades him or they bring somebody to help you know it's it's easy kickouts and everybody's just in rotation so I thought early he tried to get his shots I thought um he did a pretty good job getting into the mid range, and you know he had some good. He had some pretty big shots late, you know, to to yeah to lower that um that cushion that the Wizards have built up so much. So uh, a few, so yeah, I thought a few possessions yeah. stuck out to me was that one of the first was that Scotty early in the game, you know, end of the first, start of the second. We're talking about a guy who they ask him to go. Um, and carry a bench unit. And one of the ways that Scotty scores is he gets a a, po a low post touch, sp drop step, finish at the bucket. We also see him flow into a mid-range pull-up. That's pretty nice. We see late going left, taking the bump, getting back to the right hand, finishing at the rim. These are good plays. This is nice, especially since Gafford wasn't on the floor. The The Wizards, when, when Scotty scored in that pick and roll, there's a lot of space. And I can't remember who was in the strong side corner. But Scotty didn't get a dig either, which was really, really important. And then with the post up, it's like empty side post up, go to work against your check. And then falling in the pick and roll is just beating a drop. There's nuggets to mine from those plays. But consistently, and Scotty got chances in this game to try and create from a standstill and as like a classically, you know, star creator. And it was a bit quieter. Um, 
as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, as I've mentioned before a little bit, like the bump in Scotty's scoring has been a lot more hitting on jump shots, which that's something that we expect and hope to see progression in over the course of his career. Um, and then scoring a lot more in transition. As far as like the half court, getting paint touches, coming into this game, Scotty had eight half court layups over nine games. Like the Raptors, they're dealing with a complete lack of spacing. And, you know, I wrote this piece about how it's tough for Pascal to navigate that. But also in that point was, you know, I, I wrote, it's tough for Scotty too. Scotty's just shooting 45% from three. And we'll see what happens when it comes back down. Scotty, he's, I think, maybe like 15th or 16th in the NBA and touches. Dennis Schroeder is 11th. He's getting a decent amount of the ball. It's just tough in this game. Like, you have a great defender in Gafford sitting down low. You have a, like, you have sticky little defenders who are kind of bothering his dribble too on help. And he's a guy trying to create. And there wasn't that much transition in this game as far as like, well, there was a decent amount of transition, I should say. The frequency was high, yeah. but it, it was it was lower than some other games. And the Raptors, as far as having to take the ball out of their own basket more often, until the end, had a lot of half-court possessions. Scotty has been the best player on the team. No worries about that. But for a night, and there's been a no few worries. games like this, it's Pascal. That shouldn't worry or stress anybody out. This is, this is what it's supposed to be when you have a guy who's an all-NBA player and you have a guy who's making that step hopefully to all-star and all-NBA. Um, I Like, I see the comments about it. I don't want people to worry about this, like, game to game. You got to take these in these, you know, stretches, see how a guy's playing, how a guy's doing, all that kind of stuff. And Scotty, like I said earlier, I think he found his way to a positive game. At the end of it all, he found his way. I got to ask yeah. you, Malachi Flynn. So I watched this game from my point of view. I'm like, Tyus Jones is playing. He shoots 36% from the field, but I'm like, Tyus is playing a nice game. Pretty good point of attack defense. He's creating shots for others. And from my point of view, I haven't seen much of Tyus this season. I say, this is good. I hope he's not on the floor. Malachi Flynn wins minutes. Plus 12. Plays 22 minutes. Gives you six points and assist. From your point of view, what are you thinking when your Wizards are playing against Malachi Flynn? I thought... I thought... Um... I thought they were they could like even when their their offense was like stalling like late in the game, I think they made a an effort to like try to attack him and you know they just didn't and it like, didn't work. The, the processing was bad. Now it can't I be stopped. The, <laughs> um, I thought the I thought the 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 plan was fine. I thought that the processing was just absolutely awful. Like you got Denny Avdia trying to size him up when he's six foot nine. Yeah, man. That, Denny had like two possessions. Where he went between yeah. his legs like six times like, each. My like you're six feet nine inches tall. Like why can't you just attack the guy? He's like eight inches. You you he's eight inches shorter than you. Like just just attack his shoulder because when he did that, he got a foul. So he got fouled, and then I'm saying like just do it again. And then like you know he gets like he gets like cold feet. Somebody helps, and then you know it's a turnover. So I thought he played a good game. I thought he pushed a lot of the pace and transition, you know, when they were creating turnovers. Um, I thought he hit like some big shots, you know, when they were, when they were cutting the lead down from like eighteen to fifteen to like twelve, and um, so yeah, I thought he played a very like a very good game, you know, for for Malachi Flynn standards. But uh, but yeah, um, I thought uh, he was I thought he was really good. He was really impactful. He definitely helped them, you know, come back in this game, and um, yeah, he. 
he was and he played and and Darko put him in late in the game, like over like he he trusted him. Yep. You know he was playing a good game, so you know you get to play like late in the game. So, uh, yeah, he played a good game. That was that was the key. Was that Malachi comes in, Dennis is in, and Dennis like I think Dennis had trouble sticking the point of attack for a certain portion of the game, but late he did a good job. They put Precious in, and we're looking at a team that's switching a lot of stuff trying to be sticky at the point of attack, trying to move the Wizards farther and farther back in the shot clock, and then going to mismatches on the other end. They, it was insanely effective. I said this a couple times in the podcast, but 22 to 1. And that was that was the key to the to the Raptors turning this game on its head. I also see a comment that says, it's the Wiz, can we hold off on the Pascal's back vibes? Great teams know how to scheme against him, and we've seen what that looks like. I got to tell you, man, when I looked at the comments on let, last game's podcast, all the blame was on Pascal for the loss. I look at the comments as you guys roll through. Pascal has received a ton of criticism. And the six and one at that point in time, Mavericks, they they had a real they had a really tough time with Pascal. Pascal, yeah. like the Raptors have a huge comeback. Yes, it's against the Wiz. Pascal goes for 39 points. There has to be some level of like accolade we can draw on this yeah, guy, right? On, like, like he scores yeah. thirty nine points, and we're policing. Hey, hey, That's don't say good things. I mean, come on. I see what gets said in this chat. I see what gets said yeah. on Twitter. A lot of people are preying on a downfall. If a man goes for thirty nine points on twenty four shots, you got to give flowers, man. Yeah, are you guys on, fans man. of the of the Raptors or not? Like, you, a guy gives you thirty nine, you win a game in exciting you, you fashion. Can't have, come on now. You can't have your- can't have your cake and eat it too hey man right? yeah they want it both ways but pascal yeah. pascal was the biggest motivator for this win scotty came on yeah. strong at the end um Pirtle had some good moments early on but as far as like <laughs> as far as closing precious held down the front court the guy i want to talk about who also held the, held down the front court chris boucher baby <laughs> let's go what did you think of his game uh he 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 was basically like their best player coming off the bench today. Um, he hit a big three in the fourth quarter. You know, was running the floor in transition, um, getting big offensive rebounds even when they were down in that game. You know, just like just tapping the ball, just create creating havoc. Um, yeah, like he was he was he was he was very impactful, man. Like he, I think without him, they they don't come back in this game. Um, Along with like some others, I know we t- we're gonna talk about like Pascal. He's gonna get the headline, you know, thirty nine points, you know, twenty four. I think he had like a bunch of it, a bunch of it in the second half. Yeah. Um, but you know, without without Chris Boucher, like just running the floor, you know, just creating havoc, um, you know, blocking some shots at the rim, you know, when Jordan Poole or Tyus Jones got dribble penetration, you know, they have some space. Um, yeah, he played a, he played a heck of a game. Um, and there he was like their guy in the middle, you know, while Washington, you know, is like playing like this, like this janky five out. Um, but, uh, yeah, he played a very impactful game. Um, it's good for his confidence because, you know, he's been kind of like out of the rotation, you know, for a little bit and, um, you know, it's good for him. You know, he, he contributed, you know, to a really big win today. So, you know, hopefully this stems into like, uh, a stretch for him because they because the Raptors you know they definitely need some bench production and you know he definitely gave it to them gave for gave it for them today. Yeah. So we we have a couple comments just saying let's keep it in perspective. Boucher was the real hero. Darko gave him the chain tonight. Boucher was awesome. And then we see let's see how the Bucks game goes. You guys, Pascal last time he played the Bucks 
22-6-7 on 70% shooting. You guys, Pascal scores 39. We have to be able to talk about him <laughs> doing well. I see the comments. I watch the whole time. You guys, it's pretty negative. You got you to gotta <laughs> own up to it. You're trying to have your cake and eat it too. As far yeah. as Boucher, the three in the corner, super impressive. Um, yeah. The secondary help throughout the course of the, the second half, really impressive. Like a lot of those missed layups, a lot of the, the wizard shots that hung on the rim and just fell off. As far as the guy who was, yes, you have your primary defender, but Boucher's timing that up as the help side. He's stepping into the lane, making sure there's another pair of arms and, and helping close out those possessions. And as far as the length covering space on the floor, changing some of the passing angles that the Wizards have out there. Uh, I thought he was awesome. I thought that it was, you know, and like this is Boucher, a lot of people game to game. He gets a lot of slack too. But this is a guy who mostly across like, you know, the past three, four years, he mostly comes off the bench and like wins minutes. R really, yeah. he does, Boucher. He makes he makes mental mistakes, surely. He he does he does some things out there where you're like, hmm, I wish he wouldn't have done that. He doesn't play perfect basketball, but he has a lot of hustle. He has a lot of physical gifts, and he goes like balls to the wall every possession. And I mean, you see it tonight. Like he's a plus fourteen in like yeah. twenty minutes. He really helped the Raptors shore up their their defense and provide a little bit of pop on offense. As you said, not even necessarily. He only had one offensive rebound tonight, but he kept the ball alive where other yeah. guys were able to um where other guys were able to collect them. Another guy who kept a few more possessions alive. The young man, Mr. Dick Grady. <laughs> Another guy who won minutes and he, he made did. he was responsible for 50% of the Raptors made threes in this game. I thought they only make two. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, man. They only make two. <laughs> they, they only uh they only made four all night. They only made four all night. But that's impressive though. Like you win in an you win an NBA game in this in this day and age, only making four three pointers. Like that's very impressive. No jumpers, never. Yeah. Um just 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 classic, just classic, you know, just um show, put your head down, you know, getting to the basket and you know, just getting to the line. So. That's what it was, you know, it's uh it's uh it's something that uh you have to expect most nights that you're not gonna shoot what twenty or like what fifteen percent from three. It might have been even worse than that. You're gonna expect more than four made three pointers, yes. But on the night where you can't, um being able to kind of grind yourself into the paint, make it work, very impressive. Yeah. And, and Grady, this was a collection of a lot of things he did poorly. And a collection of a lot of the little things he does really well. Yes, he hit two threes. The one coming off of he drives baseline, pops the pass out, relocates to the corner, ends up yeah. hitting a three. Hell yeah, great. He has a, some nice passes. He's these good progressive reads. But then other times you see he's turning down a shot and he's forcing a pass that ends up being a turnover. Like he's picking up his dribble, putting himself in a difficult position. But out, outside of that, he got picked on a little bit defensively. But for the most part, does a really good job providing, you know, he has the correct spacing on defense. He's maintaining the shell. He's making good reads as the weak side zone. He's, you know, he's helping when he has to be in the gaps for drivers. Pretty good Grady game. I know everybody's waiting for a bunch of threes to start falling, but this game I felt pretty good about it. Was pretty impressed with yeah. the young man. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he played well. Um I think there I thought I think there was a I think his best play today um, it wasn't it wasn't the scoring, but 
he kept the possession alive off of off of Pascal miss free throw and like I saw it on the Wizards broadcast like and I saw how quickly he sprinted off the three point line and just jumped for the rebound and then somebody was able, I think Precious grabbed the rebound and he was able to get two points so I thought that possession was like was huge and um, you know that's what you 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 kind of drafted him for for him to just provide space and for him to just you know. You know, hit like provide provide a necessity for this team that they they desperately need. Um, and so, but that's the thing know, too. He does he he hasn't hit at a high rate, but teams yeah. follow him around. He drags mm-hmm. guys out of the gaps. They respect his shooting even at this point in his career. So even if he's not hitting the shot every time, uh, the spacing he helps provide is palpable. Yeah, it is. Um, speaking of. Speaking of while we're on the topic of rookies and guys with sticky fingers at the point of attack, um, I want your I want your uh, assessment on uh, a guy who 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 played in the, on the losing team today, but I thought played played back to back his his best games of the season, and that's uh, Bilal Koulibaly. Um, give me your assessment on how of how he played today. This is a guy who once he actually has his frame filled out. He's going to terrorize a lot of players for a lot of years. Trey and I, when we talked about Bilal, we thought he might be a guy that the Raptors could get. And we thought when we talked about him, he was ranked mostly end of the first round, start of the second. This is Wemby's teammate. And he does like a fantastic job of working his way up and eventually getting selected seventh. Seventh, this guy rose up to. And it's because when you watch him, his physical tools are immense. He he like he's bouncy. He has insane stride length. He can move his feet way better than guys who are that long. And he's still people still think he might be growing. And so he has a bunch of things physically going his way. And then you see him keep his hands active. You see him get his hand on a lot of balls. You see him play the um, play the the matchup the way that he's supposed to. Like if he's playing ice. He does a really good job of forcing them down the side, sliding with them, keeping that right hand activated and up to block that pass to the middle. Like It's just little things like that. When a guy with his physical gifts pairs that with the right approach and technique, you get really impressive defensive games. And he's 10 games into his career. Most of the offense that he was able to provide was just like runouts. And that's okay. This is a guy who you wonder what it looks like defensively. He just slowly gobbles up and eats points on offense. Um, somebody in the chat, Carlo JS, says Bilal is OG junior. You know, comps are tough, but as far as like what he's, a, you know, succeeding at early on, and as far as the usage, it's, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of carryover there too. Um, it, it's tough to end up being OG. And actually, Nesta has a really good point. Bilal is a fluid version of OG's ceiling. Bilal is way more fluid. Like o- yeah, OG, when OG came into the, the league, his first dunk, he backed a guy down, put them on their butt, and then dunked it. That was his first NBA yeah. basket. That's not Bilal. But Bilal is like this fluid water on defense, whereas OG is like this staccato stopper at the point of attack. Yeah, he's an oak tree. It's, it's like oak tree versus like the, you know, like like a, like a an ocean breeze, like basically. Like so. bamboo. Isn't bamboo tough to break, <laughs> but you can bend it? You know, it's like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But, man, he's like... I watched the game yesterday against Brooklyn, man. He's just so fun to watch. And, you know, I think his offense is slowly starting to, like, you know, pop a little bit. He's starting to make his – he's starting to make the threes in the corner and around the floor. 
Um, he's he's attacking closeouts really well. I thought I thought there were some moments in this game where like he he attacked the closeout. He you know got into the lane and had some like he he missed them, but he 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 had some like some some impressive like rim attempts today. That like that made me say like well, okay like yep. he's getting a little more confidence you know finding his offensive game and just defensively he's just an absolute terror like you know Scotty trying to like take him off the bounce and he's just like ripping him like easily like back to back plays and he's just running out and dunking and like he's just like at this time last year he was on the B team he yeah, was like up with that ninety two you know yeah. He's playing on the JV team, and while Wemby's team is like in the in the in the Euroleague playoffs, like he, it's insane. He's 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 just scratching. I think he's just scratching the surface of like what he can be as an NBA player. Because like, um, you know, when I first watched them, like, um, you know, in the preseason, I'm thinking, yeah, this guy is like Mikel Bridges, like you know, frame wise, you know, they're not the they're not the biggest guys, but like they're mobile enough. You know, they're really they're really good at using their length. And their wingspan, their de- dexterity to just like bother opposing wings, and you know, right now he's just he's looking like he's looking way better than what I expected him to be. So he's been really fun. I think him and Gafford, I think I thought him and Gafford ver- terrorized so many possessions yep, today, totally. and you know, just cre- created a bunch of havoc. Got got the Raptors out of their comfort zone, um, and you know, he he was like one of the very. Br- very small bright spots in this game even though like they they had that amazing first half you know i thought his game today was very um was very was was like this was like a good silver lining even though the result wasn't as what they wanted that's what it's supposed to be for the wizards like you guys yeah. very clearly are building they're evidenced by this game maybe they don't want to win that much but this is a team that's building for the future Bilal is a guy who fits at what any team in the NBA, if they had a guy like Bilal on their bench to come off and provide like a little bit of shooting and a whole lot of sticky defense and a whole lot of length, um, he would find his way and teams would be overjoyed to have him. Washington, in a lot of eyes, reached at number seven, but I think they're going to be super, super happy with what that is. We have a couple interesting questions. Um, one is, what happened to the new motion offense? Another, you know, we're talking about abandoning, abandoning motion offense. And then... Um, Anyone else see us going into an ISO heavy offense by the midpoint of the season, given the lack of talent on the team? So it's the Raptors, basically, the biggest change they've made is they're entering the ball into the post in early offense more often than they did the first five games of the season. And like I said, heading into this game, Dennis Schroeder across the whole NBA was 11th in touches. Scotty Barnes, I think, was 16th or 17th. And Jakob Pertl, not so bad either. Obviously, Pascal gets a healthy amount of touches, even though it's like maybe 20 less per game than he was getting last season. And the Raptors have had the worst half-court offense in the NBA to this point. Uh, They aren't able to create advantages. Dennis Schroeder is the guy touching the ball the most. He has the most dribbles per touch. He has the most time on ball. He has the most touches. And they're running a lot of high pick and roll with he and Pertl, he and Precious, he and maybe it's Pascal or Scotty. And the Raptors just haven't been able to score out of the high pick and roll because there's not enough spacing. And Dennis, he a lot of defenders go under, where a lot of defenders, they're not playing super sticky. They're not worried about the drive because he doesn't have that pull-up three. It changes the dimensions of the court. So what the Raptors have done in response, they've initiated through the post more often. 
and done so with both Pascal and Scotty, obviously leaning farther to Pascal over the past, especially three games. Yeah. The Raptors have to be able to create advantages. They weren't creating any out of the motion, continuous screening offense. They were just keeping the ball on the perimeter. Heading into this game, they were second in the NBA in passes. A healthy amount of assists as well. But you have to be able to, in the half court, pressure the rim, put guys in the paint with the ball. And what happens frequently with a lot of like Dennis on ball is not a lot of paint touches. And if he was getting paint touches, he gets some layups, yes, every now and again. But they're heavily contested. We saw tonight he went, what, one for 12 from the floor. Not his best game. And as far as what they're trying to do is they need to enter the ball, create defensive rotation. And the most reliable way that they get defensive rotation isn't a shooter pick and roll, isn't a Pascal or Scotty pick and roll. It's a Pascal or Scotty post up. It's 43. <laughs> or, 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 or Scotty, right? And hopefully yeah, Scotty yeah. gets to play with better spacing over time as well. But enter to one of those guys, they can draw a double. The Raptors can make a read. And once the defense shifts to double, they start attacking gaps. And a lot of their possessions right now, because of the lack of shooting, the gaps are filled. Teams are playing close in. They're playing pack line defense. And it's been tough. Uh, this is something that, this is why I talked about. Like this offense, yes, it hurts Pascal, obviously. But it also hurts Scotty. Um, point five. I've said this over the course of the season. It's kind of a buzzword. 0.5 offense isn't actually offense. The Raptors, for example, they, they run a ton of different, like they run Chicago out of the corner offense a bunch. They run a lot of Princeton offense with their horn sets. They run a lot of like weave action at the top where they're lifting and switching the corner and above the break while there's an on-ball action. They run pin-ins on the weak side corner. These are actual basketball actions and there are guys on ball. 0.5 offense just means make quick decisions, and if you get the advantage, you can turn it into a bigger one by making a quick decision. If you don't shift the defense, point five is just moving the ball from point A to point B on the perimeter, and the Raptors have to get more dangerous. The quickest way to get dangerous that they've figured out currently is entering the ball through the post. That has shifted more possessions into Pascal's hands, obviously. Um, over time, we'll see if they figure out more creative ways. I, I asked Yach about this you know, maybe like a week and a half ago how they try and make those split actions work better with him at the top, how how they make the pick and roll more dangerous. And he said it's a lot about timing, angles of screens, but also Jakob probably isn't going to say we're not dangerous at the point of attack with the guy with the ball in his hands. We don't have enough shooting. Like a player probably won't say that. So he's talking about the nuances. There's room to improve, certainly, but the quickest way to improve offensive possessions that the Raptors have found is to enter the ball through the post. And it's different. Obviously, everybody's noticing that. But for the people who wanted the answer to that question, that's what it is. Like for the through the first, I think, six or seven games compared to last year, Pascal was setting like three times as many off ball screens. He was using like 20 less touches a game. And his change, his role change was dramatic. Scotty's has been dramatic as well. And these guys have to navigate a lack of spacing. When what they really need, both Pascal and Scotty, is space so they can dominate their guy. Um, obviously, Scotty has a way better chance being so much younger. He's 22. Pascal's 30 right away. Anyway, he has a better chance to develop more of those on-ball, high-pick-and-roll, spread-pick-and-roll skills to make the Raptors' offense more dangerous in that you know traditional or modern way. But he doesn't currently have it. 
and the Raptors have to figure out a way to score game in and game out. And the idea of what they wanted to do is good, but the personnel and skill sets also have to be accounted for. So that's the as thorough an answer I can give just um, as far as like uh, what, what has changed so far. I've been really impressed with since the change, both Pascal and Scotty, because they both have to navigate really tight paint areas. And the, these are guys who, you know, credit to Scotty for through the first, you know, 10 games is probably shooting, what, 34% from three right now. Good for you, man. And shooting 70% on your pull-up twos, incredible. No qualms about Scotty whatsoever. But as far as like, man, what this team is trying to do game to game, they've they've been entering the ball more through the post because they score better out of the post. It's their statistically their best play. So that's the shift. That's the change. You've watched a lot of Raptors. Baker, what have you thought about that change? And thank you for watching so much Raptors. So you get to poke fun at us, you know, all the time. He <laughs> called us during the, the Celtics game. He FaceTimed us. We all get together to watch uh, the game. And he FaceTimed us. He's making fun of us, man. Oh, boy. But what have you thought about the shift? Um, sorry. Sorry about the call. I, um, I have to give credit. I have to give credit, though. For, before I answer your question, I have to give credit to our friend, uh, Espondier Barahidi. Um, I didn't think. If I, I I didn't want to call anybody else because I thought they would just like hang up. But S S is S is a real S is a real guy for for for. You, you went to my one in the nice rankings. But yeah, I I shout out to S for um, dealing with my obnoxiousness because I was very <laughs> I was very I was very obnoxious that day. Um, uh, but to answer your question, um, I think this is the way to go most likely because I think it's probably the most sustainable and I, I think it just um it just makes more sense to just feed the ball to your best players and just you know just play off of them um you know early you know, you know play, Dennis Schroeder pick and rolls is a slap into fa- a slap in the face to Pascal Siakam I'm, I'm sorry um you know just putting him in the corner you know treating him like he's just a like he's a spacer and you know, not you know, limiting his usage is very uh, is very. Um, I I I don't want to say malpractice, but it's close to it. Um, and I think today, what you saw, and especially against the Mavericks, you know, when you would just give him the ball, when you just give him opportunities to just like you know attack a matchup and you know just operate out of the post, a lot of good things are gonna happen. Either he's gonna get his, he's gonna draw a foul, or somebody's gonna get a wide open shot because he's. He's dominating his matchup, and they're sending help. Um, same with Scotty. You know, the more you just give the more the more you give your best players the basketball, and you just let them operate, let them use their strengths, um, just let them you know create what whatever offense that they can muster up because you know this half court offense isn't getting it done. Um, any any way that you could pivot because it looked pretty it looked pretty decent today. It wasn't perfect, but. It looked second a lot half, better. anyway. Yeah, second half, like yeah, second half. It looked a lot better. Um, it wasn't perfect, but just just using like it 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 opens up so much more when you just operate the the basketball through your two best players and your two most gifted, like physically gifted players on this team. You know, just the way like Pascal was able to just knife through knife through the the help and just like contests and just you know just draw fouls and you know finish at the rim and you know scotty's just a physical like 
just just a physically gifted like young man and you yep. can just like you can just throw his shoulder into a defender and you know just finish through contact and with with no without breaking a sweat so i'll say i think it i think it just makes more sense to just you know run the offense more through them because you know it it, it works and it definitely helps other other guys get get open shots because of it so we have a really great comment here from Caleb. It says, feels like Scotty and Pascal are still taking turns being amazing on offense instead of working together. Really curious if they figure it out before more shooting arrives. So here's like wings don't usually have tremendous synergy. You watch a lot of Boston. Um, yeah. Jalen and Jason are both great, but there's no, they don't run a lot of two-man actions with synergy yeah, between exactly. the two. Kawhi and PG at their height were maybe like the two out of the five best wing players in the NBA. They didn't even run a bunch of actions, those two together. So there's a natural, even in modern basketball, wings don't run. There's not a ton of actions there. And so I I don't know what that looks like. You just have to hope that your wings can organize offense more like guards. And neither Pascal or Scotty really organize like guards. And so here's a big point. If people want Pascal traded to play another style of basketball, that's okay. Like, I have no qualms about people wanting a different team or saying, like, no, I'd like this team without Pascal. That's fine. But we don't have to come on here and pretend like he's bad or, you know, dismantling this Raptors team when he gets the ball. That's not the case. It's okay to want a different type of team. And it's also okay to think if we could get Pascal and he goes out and we get, like, a guard who plays well with Scotty. Scotty's 22. He's the future. That's okay. But it doesn't mean that Pascal is bad or ruining anything. Like he's, Pascal's been with the team for however long. Scotty's been with the team for however long. They're both trying to play their best game, game in and game out. So there's a natural, it's tough to make wing actions. Like Pascal and OG were two wings on a 59 win Raptors team. They both played a lot of games that year. They both played extremely well. Pascal made all NBA. OG should have made all defense. They didn't run a ton of actions together. They both ran a lot of actions with Kyle Lowry, though. So there's like yeah. something there that there's not that much wing interplay in general uh, outside yeah. of it's mostly dependent on the defense in the NBA. So if one wing happens to have a small on them or something and you want, let's say, Kawhi to have this possession, maybe you send Paul to go screen so you get that switch. But as far as like, wing actions where it's like Paul George and Kawhi figuring something out or Jalen and Jason figuring something out or or Brandon and Zion Williamson figuring something out. It doesn't happen that much. I don't think Scotty and Pascal are that much worse than the other wings as far as like interplay, but also spacing. The the big differentiator in any of those pairings is the shooting. The the Pelicans are currently, I know Pelicans fans are currently, you know, they're very ham-fisted about Zion and Brandon and their fit. And this is something that the Raptors, they tried to make better with Precious at the five before Jakob came. And when Precious shot 44% from downtown for like 25 straight games, it worked quite well. But the Raptors, it just might not be enough shooting. And that's why I, I don't mind if people say, I want to I want to cheer for a different version of the Raptors that doesn't include Pascal. Okay. You want to shift the skill sets on the roster and change the talent equation. Okay, this is what basketball is about from a fan perspective. It doesn't mean that Pascal is ruining somebody's, you know, progression. It doesn't mean that Pascal is a bad player now. It certainly doesn't mean that people are selfish. 
I, I want to urge this. A player can leave your team without you hating that player or like booing him out of town. The Raptors are currently suffering from a top-down skill set problem, not a Pascal Siakam skill set problem. And I think yeah. too often it gets framed in that way. Scotty's the future. No problem with trying to build a team that prioritizes him going forward. But Pascal's still here. You know? Yeah. It's, the Raptors, they have stuff they have to try and navigate. They've been trying to navigate it for years. They probably, the team next year, I'm assuming looks quite a bit different. But there's still basketball to be played while yeah, we're here. And here's the thing. Guys, I didn't see a lick of negativity after that Spurs game. Scotty had the big game. We sing his praises, rightfully so. Why is everyone so angry at the end of this game? It's not like the Spurs are world beaters either. I mean, come on. <laughs> What like yeah. Pascal thirty nine seven and eleven? Let him have flowers for a night, at least, yeah. right? It was amazing. It, it was amazing today. It, it was super great game, and Scotty still fun, managed to have a good game. Scotty's the future. Yeah. Ain't no like. There's nothing wrong with that. You can build how you want to build, and I see people say it. It's okay if you want Pascal to go. You want to build a different type of team. You were a huge fan of Bradley Beal, and you said Brad needs to go on. Because yeah. we need to build differently. That didn't mean that Bradley Beal was bad. That didn't yeah, mean that he was selfish. It didn't mean anything like that. I just yeah. the like dramatic daytime television time of our lives, whatever days of our lives, like days dramatization of, <laughs> of the like warring players against each other. That's not actually how it is. Pascal and Scotty like each other. They're both frustrated probably by the fact that there's not much spacing on the Raptors, but I doubt they look at each other like villain versus villain after every game. Yeah. Like everyone seems to within the fan base. You guys just got to enjoy some basketball, man. Huge win. Uh, Huge. You came back from 23 in, in a game that you had no business winning. And like, you know, you ended up winning because this guy had an elite second half. And like you know, you're, you you should be getting his praise, and he should be getting his flowers. But you know, and like that being said, I think the best path forward for this team is one that pairs Scotty with an elite guard, because Scotty is in year three playing tremendous basketball. And guess what? Probably the best way to get an elite guard prospect or more pieces that could get you an elite guard in a package is probably Pascal or OG. Who fits better with OG with Scotty going forward? Probably OG, right? OG fits on any yeah. Dagum team in the in the world. So yeah. that's that's the team building aspect. It doesn't mean players are mean or bad or selfish or anything like that. Hey man, you got some hoopers on the team. Maybe the the skill sets need to be reshuffled, but a big win, a fun win. Yeah. The second half, I was like, holy moly, during the <laughs> during the first half, but. The, the Raptors, man, they grind out a game. They figure out a win. They're 5-5 five and five after, you know, I was asking people after the, man, it was the, the Dallas game, and people were saying, like, 46 to 50 wins as far as, and maybe they get there. Maybe yeah. they don't, but they're 5-5 five and five now. The, the, they're at zero for the rest of the year. We'll they're see how it goes. Yeah. And they've had a pretty tough schedule to this point. I'm yeah, glad, a, I'm glad yeah, that this yeah. game didn't become – the loss against the Portland Trailblazers, which was really oh, man. tough, man. That was, that was very tough. I mean, Portland's beaten some teams, so it doesn't look totally bad. But yeah, um, five hundred, five and five. They've played some pretty tough teams. Um, it, it's not terrible. Um, 
could it be a little bit better, you know, with some of the losses that they've had? Sure, but you know, this that. But they day. also have a twenty-two and twenty-three point, 22 comeback. point comeback. Yeah, forty percent of their wins are like these huge comebacks. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. Against San Antonio and against the Washington, they were down like pretty much like the entire game, and you know they just like you know they 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 cranked it up in the in the second half. But um, but yeah, like you know. The, this isn't a terrible. This this is why I kind of like I didn't want to make any assumptions on this team because like you know you you never know what to, what Raptors team you're gonna get every night like and it's like it's very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, it's you get this team who beats who beats the brakes off Milwaukee, and then you turn you, then the next night you know they they play Portland and you know they just can't score and. and it's just like it's it's up and down, it's up and down, it's up and down. It's it's still like inconsistent, but um, you know, it's good to see that you know Scotty Barnes has played like amazing. Yeah, um, that's the biggest. That's the yeah. biggest like vote for positivity of anything happening. Yeah, when you have a young player that's making the leap to like being a star, it's like it's one of the best things like ever. You know, I've definitely seen it before with like. You know, guys like Brad Beal, you know, John Wall, you know, Tatum, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like, you know, when you see, when you see, like, your young guys, like, just evolve, ascend to a, a level that you see, like, a lot of the, the star players play at, like, it's very, like, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air, like, wow, like, this is what it looks like, you know, to see. So, you know, it's definitely been, like, a, a, a positive light, you know, for this season, um, but, would I be shocked if this team makes the playoffs? I mean, the East is pretty tough. The East has been pretty tough this season. You know, so many teams have made jumps. But, uh, you know, could could they string together some wins? Probably. But, um, you know, what team are we getting? That's my biggest question is, like, what team are you going to get on a daily basis? It, so, it doesn't help that they've had these insane swings from three-point land. Like, they've had, of their 10 games, I think they've had, like, two or three median games that are between, like, 28% from three and, like, 38%. Everything else has been, like, 53% or, like, 12%. And, obviously, that much variance creates an insane outcome. As far as, like, the playoffs, I would be pretty surprised if the Raptors don't make the play-in. Like, if they fall, if they're 11th or lower, I'm like, hmm. So, they're playing playoff type basketball at the very least i think like orlando is better this year brooklyn will be compelling i think this raptors team is better than brooklyn the knicks are going to try and find their way cleveland at four and five but as far as like detroit washington charlotte chicago i think that the raptors are in a better position what determines like high seed playing or low seed playing or maybe even above that is what they do at the traded line and we're way too far away from that to, I mean, yeah. talk about it as far as like, uh, as far as what the Raptors are going to do. We have a comment from Ali who is in after every single game. Got to go. Love you, Samson. Much love, brother. Thanks for popping in here after every game. Um, thank you to everybody for always being here after every game. I, it's it's late night talking hoops. Uh, just glad to have people come in and, and bounce off of. I guess for myself and Baker, uh, some some questions we can answer a few before we get out of here. This might be the longest um, post game we've done so far. Baker and I have the the gift for Gab, it would seem. But yeah, I think um, you and I we made a a bet. We haven't decided. We can still we can still decide 
um, what the terms of the bet are. I'm assuming you want them to be on the lighter side of things, but um, uh, from the yeah. from the outside looking in, the Boston episode, you said that maybe you thought that the Wizards would be better or have end up with more wins than the Raptors this year. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's not not gonna happen. When you when, <laughs> not gonna happen. when you come to Toronto, you gotta I don't know, you gotta buy me a what's like what's something we both enjoy that we can drink together? I don't think either of us drinks alcohol. I'll actually I'll actually get you uh, maybe I can get it maybe I can add a hat to your collection. Bro, no, that's way too much. Oh, no, 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 no. I can definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. Give me uh, a koofy or something like that. A koofy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely 100%. 100%. I got you. 100%. Um, 100%. So here's a good question from a listener from Nesta. Mm. Mo Pete shot or tonight? Biggest surprise win. <laughs> Damn, that's tough. Damn, they really had to They really had to wind the clock back. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm... Honestly, tonight tonight i'd rather i'd rather take tonight it, to be honest. it obviously that mo peach shot was devastating absolutely devastating like that's absolutely it was absolutely devastating. i gotta i'm telling on myself a little bit here but i don't remember how much the raptors came back from or if it was mostly just like that shot because 23 was, points is pretty nuts yeah but like yeah like i i mean leads 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 disappear so quickly in this league now like you could be up by 25 and then in a blink of an eye it could be down to like eight so this this loss didn't really like bother me as much but the low p shot man i, I would rather take today's today's events over like 10 tenfold over that <laughs> yeah and we still i mean like pascal it, it wasn't like a buzzer beating game winner but pulled up got to the spot hit a game winning yeah. shot i know like it wasn't all mesh or anything like that front rim yeah. rolled in but um there's more dramatics obviously to as far as like what mo pete provided but from 23 points down it's it's pretty interesting here's a good question is this pascal's team for the time being no um pascal pascal has less touches pascal gets the ball less than scotty and like yes there's games like tonight where pascal is the obvious advantage Scotty still took 17 shots tonight. He still finished with, and keep in mind, guys, Scotty's averaging 20 points coming into this game. On a night where Pascal scores 39, Scotty scores 19, has four assists, nine boards, and five steals. The line of demarcation doesn't really need to be drawn. Like yeah. Scotty, like we talked about earlier, Scotty found a way to contribute, and he's still like 17 shots, got to the line a couple times. Would most people like to see? Would most people watching rather cheer for 39 points from Scotty? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Like, the fan base no. is very attached correctly to the young star. But Scotty mm -hmm. still had 19, 9, 4, and 5. It, it, what are we doing here, guys? Like, yeah, yeah. this is this is Scotty's team. Everybody That's talked about game. it. Like, I, I've talked to Darko about Scotty way more than I've talked to Darko about Pascal. Everyone has. Everyone talks about Scotty. Scotty is the guy who... You know, big NBA guys, every conversation last week wasn't about, like, every conversation last week about the Raptors was Scotty's jump, and deservedly so. People aren't going to be talking as fervently as, oh, Pascal found it. Like, it's less compelling, it's less important, it's important that Pascal is good, but nothing on these this Raptors team is as important as Scotty's jump, and Scotty's making it, and tonight... 17 shots? I'm I'm not sad about it. 
Okay, like yeah. like Pascal dominated his touches. Scotty had a huge close to the game. He was good on defense down the stretch. He was a defensive playmaker. He made his own shots down the stretch. He also gave the ball to Pascal, who ended up making shots as well. It went well down the stretch, guys. And I think this is Scotty's team. This is this is evidenced by, you know, the touches as well. You know? Baker's gotta get some water in. I gotta get some water in too. Gotta <laughs> I've been talking for an hour and seven minutes. Um yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's another question from Caleb. We're gonna do a one trade. Okay, one trade question. Ooh, nice. Are, is there any tradable upgrades at guard Baker thinks are gettable for the Wiz? Are you trying to upgrade a guard? I don't think it's necessary. You guys um, have well, Delon is injured, but you guys had DeLon's hurt, Jordan, yeah, Tyus, Delon. Before that happened, you guys had like a glut of good guards. Yeah, it was a glut. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I honestly think like they might. I think they should explore maybe. I don't think they will explore, but I think other teams will. I think other teams are gonna probably want to see if they could get Tyus at the deadline, um, because. Especially a lot of playoff, a lot of teams that are contending for the playoffs. Um, you know, he's a he's a tremendous floor general. He he can hit, he can space the floor. That floater is like you didn't see a drop tonight, but that's that floater is like legit automatic. And um, you know, he's a good, he's a solid point of attack defender. Um, so I think like a lot of playoff teams will try to like nab him. You know, at the deadline, you know, see if they can make, see if they can lobby a first. You know, to to Michael Winger, who's trying to stockpile bad draft yep. picks. Um, in terms of other guards, uh... while you think, let me answer. So H Kashaf says, "Samson, I'm trolling. I'm glad to see Pascal, OG, and Scotty coexist." My bad. Obviously, you see what I see in these comments the whole time. It's tough to tell tone, and I do see a lot of, you know, I guess um, explicit stuff. My bad. Um, but my answer remains the same, even though you're just trying to get a little bit of a rise out of me. Mission accomplished. We're all having fun here talking hoops <laughs> at the end. Baker knows he 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 uh he he's had a lot of history in trolling me as well. But uh yeah, I, I would think that the the wizards aren't buyers in the guard market, but probably sellers. Sellers, yeah. yeah. I like I can specifically think of Raptors fans who have been for months like, can we get one of those wizards guards? And Tyus mm -hmm. was obviously at the top of that list. Tyus is gonna help somebody out a lot. I think the Wizards are in a good spot to make a yeah. deadline trade where they sell high on a guard, and yeah. or they or they probably sell high on um on Kyle Kuzma maybe um I, I think maybe that's in the cards um because you know they did extend they did extend him but probably more to use him as a, like a trade chip yeah. more than like a, a core piece. But uh, well, that's yeah, that's what I happened with Pascal, right? Like they're trying to trade the Raptors are trying to trade Pascal this summer, but he's not extended. So yeah. they, when teams come around asking, they don't want a, a one-year rental and getting mm -hmm. Kuzma to sign that extension means that more years of team control. So, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think either him, I, I like the position that they're in, you know, to this, like, you know, get recoup draft, draft picks and, uh, Honestly, you know, just build for the future. I know Jordan Poole's had a, like a really rough season, but you know, I think he'll get it together. You know, I think once he just plays more in control and more, you know, just I think confident. I just play with more confidence and you know, is it just more exuberance? Because I think he's just playing like chicken head cut off and he's just doing <laughs> a lot of sloppy stuff. So, um, uh, 
and honestly, like, you know, Bilal's playing amazing. Bilal's been amazing. Um, Tyus has been great. Cruz has been good. Daniel Gafford, like, he has to play more. Just play the guy more. He's, like, your most important player. Um, just play him 30 minutes. Like, they sat him against Brooklyn. They sat him in this game. It made no sense. Um, um, but, yeah, overall, um, I like the I like the direction that they're going in. Um, just maybe maybe they try to just recoup some more young talent at the yeah. deadline and just try to try to get more assets. They'll have they'll have a chance at some like some big swings in the draft. And mm-hmm. for where they were to quickly like one eighty pivot, I think it's it's been impressive. Something that shocked me a little bit is that Poole hasn't scored over fifteen points in five straight games. Like I know he's had a tough time. Uh, had a tough time as far as like uh, the season so far, but that's pretty surprising. He's a yeah. man. He's a he's a yeah. like a volume scorer to to see him in this stretch just not get above fifteen. Pretty shocking, I, I think. Baker's head going in and out. Something's happening with his gotta, uh, uh, his camera right now. I gotta, I gotta head out. Oh, you have no audio right now, Baker. Just as like oh. a, a mention. But can, uh, can we wrap up? Can you hear me, my brother? It's all, it's all, it's all screwed up. Your audio isn't working, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe it is for the viewers, but not for me. Um, while you sort this out, uh, we have a question, or um, you know, just a mention from Soldier T One. Had to see this garbage in person. I want to hear y'all bend this one into something positive. Omg! At one point, I screamed at Yak and Boucher when this crowd was <laughs> the crowd was quiet. Damn, this team is bad. We have been trying to bend it into something positive. That's uh, I can't hear you, Baker. That's uh, that's correct. We have been trying to bend it into something positive, but as far as uh, um, as far as what the Raptors are uh, trying to do game to game, uh, that's uh, that's something that the Raptors they have to have better performances than tonight. Thank you to Baker for coming on. He just popped off. Uh, something happened with his audio, but uh, my goodness, one last question before we get out of here. Am I fine with Otto starting again on Wednesday? Yeah, I think Otto, he, he played a decent enough game. It obviously wasn't his best, and maybe he's better used the same way he was uh, with the the Warriors kind of do- helping dominate bench wings and, and playing up against bench bigs and doing a really good job of hanging in and providing shooting no matter who he's playing against. Uh, tonight was fine. It obviously wasn't his best game. He's If the Raptors aren't playing well, he's not going to be the guy who turns it around. He's there to help, uh, you know, accentuate what the Raptors are doing well. And tonight he was in a position where he didn't really get to do that. Um, if OG is still out for the game against the Bucks, then yeah, Otto probably starts again, especially considering who their lineup is. You want Otto who could play off of a guard, um, who could help on digs and who could really help out on the glass. And that's probably how this thing shakes out. Yeah, was happy with that. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, thank you so much for hopping on and listening to the podcast. We're an hour and 15 minutes into this thing. Um, thank you, everybody. The chat, as always, insightful, engaging, and makes this way better to do after each game. whole bunch of people hopped in on this one. Um, makes me happy and feel blessed that so many people come in and listen to me chop it up about basketball. Uh as always, thank you so much for tuning in. The people who are listening for a long one on their walks in the morning or just hanging out late at night. Thanks for tuning in. And yeah, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Go Raptors. <laughs>